0: Hello and welcome to episode 18 of The Witcher chapter by chapter book review where I'll go through a summary of what happened in the latest chapter and get my detailed thoughts on it. Today I'll be discussing chapter 5 from book 3, Blood of Elves. Well, we are really moving through it. Really quickly, I wanted to correct something I said a few episodes back. I think it was maybe, I don't know, the episode where I covered the second chapter. Um, I know... I know that I said, I just can't remember which episode it was, but I said that there was nine chapters in this book. And I don't know where I got that number from. There's seven. I mean, I was close. But yeah, there's not nine chapters. There are seven. So uh, now that we're on chapter five, that means after this one, we've only got two more in case uh, you need some help with basic math. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I don't mean to insult your intelligence. Uh, But where I'm going with this is that I was thinking about it. And I haven't done this yet at all with any of these episodes, but... And I remember thinking this when I first started working on this podcast, that this was something I would explore the possibility of, um, depending on the chapter. But I remember the first time that I read through the whole series, uh, there are some chapters where a lot of different things happen. And I don't just mean it's a very eventful chapter. I mean that you are getting the perspective of multiple different characters in multiple different settings. And... What I'm thinking I'm going to do, and I might do this for the next episode, we'll find out um, the week after this one is posted, uh, I might do like a part one and a part two. Looking ahead, and I'm not going to give any spoilers into what happens in that chapter, or just you know, for the most part, we're going to talk about chapter five today, but it does look like it might be one of those chapters where there's just a lot of different things going on in different places with different characters, and for the sake of trying to keep everything compartmentalized, I guess. Um, I don't know if that's really the best way to describe it, but I think just to make it um, a little bit easier to follow a discussion of what is going on and to really be able to flesh out the important details from each scene, I guess. Uh, I think that that might be the way to go about it. So I might do that. Uh, Stay tuned. But if that's something that you think works best when it comes to those type of chapters, uh, let me know in the YouTube comments. And if you think that that is silly and you'd rather me just get on with the whole chapter, let me know too. I'm definitely open to feedback. But as of right now, that's just what I was thinking. And I think I'm going to give that a try for next episode. Um, That will just be part one of chapter six. And then we'll do part two, where we wrap up chapter six the following week. But yeah, like I said, let me know. I'll 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 give it a try, and then maybe you know, let me know how that went. Um, But even if you have thoughts on it ahead of time, you can let me know um, in the YouTube comments on this video. So, going into chapter five, well, it's actually a really good chapter. I know last week I was talking about how chapter four was kind of it was good. It was a really good one, but there was just a lot of world building. Uh, There wasn't really a lot of story progression in terms of what has been going on. And we do get more of that, the stuff that I like in this chapter. So yeah, let's talk about that. But before I do, um, like I always do, I'm going to just recap you on what happened last week so that you have that refresher, and then we'll go right into the summary of chapter five. So... We left off with Geralt, Siri, and Triss traveling to take Siri to Nenekes in Alander. On the trip, Triss got very sick, so they joined a convoy that included the dwarf Geralt met years ago on the dragon hunt, Yarpin Zegrin. The convoy was attacked by a group of Scoyatel, a rebel group of non-humans set on demolishing human-led society. Our protagonists survived the attack, but learned that the convoy was a setup to determine whether Yarpin and his boys were loyal, or if they'd side with the Scoyatel. Although they remained loyal, some of them were killed in the process. So, yeah, was a very infuriating and sad ending. All right, so let's go into the summary of this week's chapter, chapter 5. We pick up some time after where we last left off, with Geralt working on a barge to protect it from a water monster that recently killed some people on one of that same company's other barges. While on board, he has some interactions with a meddlesome child, the skipper, a professor interested in monster species, and a Redanian customs officer. When Geralt decides to get off at the barge's next stop after learning from the customs officer that Temerian guards have been asking about him and Ciri, and that Ryans, the Nilfgaardian mage, is behind it, Temerian guards board the barge looking for Ciri and attempting to arrest Geralt. Before they connect, the monster presents itself by pulling one of the Temerians right off the ship and into the water, causing a lot of chaos. The creature and the guards almost kill Geralt when he jumps into the water to save that meddlesome boy. Luckily, the monster as well as members of the boat kill the guards, but unluckily, he wanted one of them alive to get information. From here, we cut to Dandelion in the city of Oxenfurt, making his way to the university grounds all the while being followed by two men. He spots a friend of his, Shani, a med student, and asks for her help with something regarding a witcher. Right after, Dandelion allows his followers to approach and is escorted to meet with Dijkstra, the head of King Vizimir of Redania's Secret Service, Dijkstra's secretary, and Redania's court mage, Philippa Eilhart. Dijkstra is also interested in catching Ryans and believes Dandelion messed up by not disclosing certain information to him, which could have led him to Ryans. He also wants the troubadour to bring him Geralt so he can find out some information. That information, we learn from Philippa, pertains to Ciri and her location. Dandelion says Geralt's gone to Novigrad, but we quickly see that wasn't the truth when Dandelion goes to a nearby house to talk to Geralt, who happened to be in bed with Shani. Dandelion warns him about Dijkstra's interest in Ciri, and therefore Geralt decides it's time to leave. Before he gets the chance to, Philippa, as an owl, enters the room through the window. She transforms back into her human form and warns Geralt that not only are kings looking for Ciri, but the Council of Wizards would also like to find her. As they both agree that they'd like to find out who Ryans is, Shani reveals she knows who he is and where they can find him. So there's a nice little cliffhanger that we got there. Alright, so taking it from the top, we'll go back to the beginning of the chapter and work our way towards the end. So Geralt is on this barge and he has a couple of letters that he reads and we are allowed to see exactly what they say. The first one is from Siri. She sent that to him from the temple school that she's currently attending. And the letter mostly consists of updates on her experience there. So she's made a few friends, which is nice. And she's learning a lot. She has to occasionally fast. She's got to wake up very early and pray. So it sounds like overall she's you know, doing well at the school. Uh, she's with Mother Neneke. She mentions her a few times. And you know what I thought was funny Although we haven't got to see Mother neneke again, her influence still comes through in Siri's letter. So she says, um, "Prayer has never harmed anybody yet," and she you know says like not not Siri and certainly not Geralt. So it's like it's written out like it's certainly not you addressing Geralt. But I, I just thought that that was kind of funny because we know how she is and how Geralt and neneke's relationship is from the last Wish book, and it just seemed very fitting for her. So I just thought that that was a cute little detail. So Siri really wants Geralt to come visit, but he's afraid of the risk. Um, he also doesn't even want to continue receiving letters from her because that also imposes a risk, which from what we learned throughout this chapter, that's totally understandable. It's pretty crappy though, because I mean, if he can't go see her and he can't receive letters from her, then I mean, that's just how are they going to communicate? And that's that's sad, but I mean, it's definitely necessary that that kind of communication or any interactions or him visiting her can't really continue. So it's a shame, but yeah, I mean, I get it. Well, one of the other letters that Geralt received was from Yennefer. (laughs) So if you haven't read this chapter or if you're maybe not like a big book reader and um, maybe you listen to this podcast to fill you in on the details of what happens in the book, I I get that, Uh, but I recommend at least reading this letter, going into chapter five and looking at the letter that Yennefer sends, it's pretty, it's interesting. It is extremely passive aggressive. So if you ever need any help with pa- passive aggression, uh, yeah, hit up Yennefer because she's got you, she's got it down. Uh, so her letter, it's in response to one Geralt wrote her Um, asking for help with Ciri. So we knew uh, from a couple of chapters back that she wanted to, or I'm sorry, no, that Geralt wanted to have Yennefer help with Ciri. Triss recommended that he do so because Triss wasn't powerful enough to do what needed to be done or to assist her with Ciri's magical abilities. So, you know, she suggested to contact Yennefer. Seemed like he was going to agree to that. He obviously has. So he wrote to her and she's responded And uh, it it took him a while to figure out how he should start the letter. And he ended up going with dear friend, which ended up being a huge mistake. (laughs) So, Yen did not like him addressing her that way. And she shows it by referencing him as her dear friend or friend. I think it's eight times. I went through and counted it. Yeah, it's it's eight times. So, (laughs) Um, she's also showing her... um, her, her, She's also showing that she's upset in other ways. Um, one of the things that she seemed pretty pissed about was that Geralt went to Triss for help first. And something that I was wondering was, could this be because she knows about his history with her? Or is it simply because Yennefer was his second choice? And knowing Yennefer, I can see that if she didn't know about Geralt and Triss getting involved romantically, I think she would still be upset that she was contacted after. Triss. So it could just be that. But if it has to do with the fact that she knows about Carol and Triss and she's also being contacted second, that would be way worse. But you know what? All in all, at the end of the letter, we figure out she, or by the end of the letter, we figure out that she agrees to help. So that's great. Uh, If uh, what Triss says that is, is true that, that, that Yennefer is a more powerful mage and she would be able to help get the situation taken care of, then that's great. So that is, um, that was overall interesting that <laughs> she wrote this very, very passive aggressive letter and then, um, uh, and agreed to help, but it, it's good. All right, moving on. We finally get to meet this spy master Dijkstra and the sorceress Philippa. So just to give a little bit of background on who they are and you know like little details about them uh, Dijkstra is described as being very physically different from the average spy so he's he's a large dude he's pretty big and he wears bright colors so he stands out a lot and you you would think of a spy which i'm sure most spies in this world uh, they have a very discreet appearance and Dijkstra is just the opposite of that so that's pretty interesting. Uh, Philippa, she is interesting. She probably has a lot of knowledge. Uh, She's supposedly around 300 years old. She is a very important figure in the Council of Wizards, and she is King Vizimir's court magician and also works very closely with the head of his Secret Service, Dijkstra. So we did hear a brief mention of these two once before, after Yen saved Dandelion from Ryans, She advised him to go to Redania and report on what was being said in King Erval's court to Dijkstra and Philippa. So, yeah, that was a little while ago. Uh, Dandelion, we now know, is still informing for them. However, he is incredibly dishonest in this discussion. I don't know if it's always been this way. But, um, I mean, there's like, you know, he, he says that Geralt went to Novigrad, but we learned towards the end of the chapter that Geralt is right there in Oxenfort. Um, that's just one example, though, of the lies that he tells them. But they're also not being very honest with him either. And I just thought that that was weird. Like, I, I, just, I just don't know what. Either of them or what either party is getting out of that relationship. I don't know if this is just this discussion. Maybe it's because it's about somebody that Dandelion is personally close to. Like they're talking about Dandelion's friend, Geralt. And maybe in the past, whenever he would inform for them, it had nothing to do with anybody that he was close to. So he had no problem telling them the truth. But I don't know if that's not what the case is and he is just always lying to them and they're lying to him. And I I don't see what the point of this is. I don't know. Maybe it helps um, if they know that he's lying and he knows when they're lying. Maybe that helps them to eliminate certain possibilities or like, okay, well, they said this and they don't tell the truth about anything. So now I know that that's not true. I know not to believe this. I don't know. Um, Anyway, during their discussion, we learned that Geralt took the job on the barge to not just for the contract, not for the money, but so that he could draw Ryans to him. So, some point after he got Siri to the temple school, and now he met up with dandelion. This all happened you know, off screen, and he found out about Ryan's. At first, he tried to track him down, but he couldn't find him. So again, this took place um, you know after Geralt took Siri to school and, and where this chapter started somewhere between there. But uh, you know we didn't get to be brought along to see like the details on how that went down. But you know, we're told that he did try to track Ryans down, and he wasn't able to find him. But while doing so, he found some people who Ryans had killed while looking for Siri. And these were three people, and they had been in contact with both Geralt and Siri in Tamaria and Sodden two years ago. Those are all the details were given. So it made me wonder, was it the family that she stayed with because if so, that's really sad. They seemed like very good people, super nice, super caring. I hope not. But I'm also wondering, that was my first thought. And I don't know if you're supposed to think that or not, or if it's just supposed to be some randos, but you know, that that we've never met. But I thought about it. I was like, maybe it's not. Um, in case you had this thought too, I, it might not be them because there were four members of that family. Like there's the, you know, the the merchant that you know Geralt saved and that Geralt got injured while saving and he saved Geralt in return. Um that was part of something more. We only met them in something more. And then there was the wife, he returned and she had taken Siri in, and was out playing with her two sons. And um so yeah, there's four of them. And also I think they lived in Trans River. So they said to Mary and Sodden. and if they did live in Trans River, like I believe they did, um, then it probably wouldn't be them. But yeah, this guy Ryan, is killing people trying to get to Siri, and uh, whoever it was that he killed, uh, it just provides another example of how dangerous he is, and it's it's pretty scary because nobody seems to know where he is, or well, I mean mid mid chapter, <laughs> nobody seems to know where he is. They're having trouble finding him. They're having trouble figuring out exactly what he wants. So that's pretty scary. Um, according to Dijkstra, Geralt was counting on Ryans to show up himself, but that didn't work out when guards showed up instead. And I think it seemed like Ryans sent those guards, but turns out they were not working for Ryans. They likely wanted to grab the witcher to use him as bait for Ryans. So Dijkstra confirms that Temerian guards from the barge really were Temerian guards, so Geralt is um, now that they have been killed trying to get him. Geralt is now in it deep with Tamaria after these men. I mean, he Geralt I don't, he didn't actually kill any of them himself. So I thought that that was kind of odd, but but I guess because they died trying to kill him. I mean, they they died trying to arrest him and take him, whatever. Um, maybe that's why it falls on him, but it's kind of their own fault. Either way, Dijkstra says that their chief isn't happy and if he should not go to Temeria right now. But something that I, I thought about was in the past, in the first short story of the first books so the one that's titled The Witcher, Geralt helped out King Foltest big time. So maybe Foltest could return the favor with this it's probably not very important. Um, and I don't even know if this sort of thing goes all the way up to full test. It's just something that I thought about, (laughs) but I mean, if he ever does run into issue with any Temerian officials, uh, maybe he could request to speak to the king. I don't even think it would work that way, but it's, it's just a thought because, um, he, These uh, Temerians aren't happy with him And he did the king a huge solid He removed a curse from his Daughter and turned her Back into an ordinary girl Or turned her into an ordinary girl and went Back in one she never was one So it was a big favor that he did And I know way, received a reward for it But still, alright <laughs> Anyway, I like to uh, Linger on very unimportant details For too long sometimes So yeah, moving on Um The primary thing that Dijkstra wants from Dandelion right now is to bring him Geralt. And what he is going to do is try to force Geralt to tell him where Ciri and Yennefer are. So Dijkstra, we we know what, we, we, we were able to figure this out because Dijkstra has questions for Geralt. And he says that these are questions he believes the secret service from each of the four kingdoms is beginning to ask themselves. Philippa goes ahead and asks Dandelion those questions. That's how we know what Dijkstra wants to talk to Geralt about. So she asks about Ciri's location, where Yennefer went after receiving Geralt's letter. She knows about the letter, um, where and why Triss is hiding. So Triss is actually in hiding right now. King, King Vizimir plus the Secret Service from Four Kingdoms want to know where Ciri is. What could this mean? <laughs> this is really weird. So. It's just, what would monarchs want with Siri? And yes, I know she was a princess. If she were an ordinary child, it would be even more weird. But I think that it could have something to do with the fact that she was a princess. Um, the country, I guess Cintra is a country. Now that I say it out loud or refer, refer to Cintra as a country, I'm like, wait, it's actually considered a country? I don't think they've ever actually called it. It's not a city. I don't know what it would be. The place of Sintra is basically destroyed the queen was killed but the princess from there lives so it could have something to do with that but there's also something that I thought about is that because they were previously at war with Nilfgaard and there is this special interest Nilfgaard is showing in her that of which we still don't know the specifics on uh maybe there's a connection there and they are seemingly aware of Rhines we know Dijkstra and King Visimir are aware of him um so I would assume that these um royals, these monarchs from these other four kingdoms are also aware of Ryans. So maybe it has something to do with their whole thing with Nilfgaard, because the whole thing with Nilfgaard with the end of the war still doesn't seem to be over. They talk about how there's this customs war going on, and how Nilfgaard's kind of involved in that. Like, there's stuff um, with, uh, like, the merchants and the selling of goods between Temeria and Redania. And, um, Somehow Nilfgaard is involved in that. And I didn't take notes on that specifically, but that was, um, that is something that's happening right now that involves Nilfgaard. And I am just thinking that if they have somebody that Nilfgaard is after, then I don't know what they want to do with that. I don't know what the plan is, but I'm I'm guessing there's got to be a connection there, or maybe just the fact that she's a princess or both, but don't, we don't know. We don't know for sure yet. So, whatever they are after her for, Philippa claims she and Dijkstra only care about Siri's safety, but that's obviously not true. Um, I mean, I, 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 I would guess they wouldn't want anything bad to happen to her, but I, I'm pretty sure that that would be at the bottom of their list of priorities. Like, Siri's safety is at the bottom of their list of priorities. But that's the only information that we really can get out of Dijkstra and Philippa on the topic and what they would possibly want with Siri. Um, they they want to make sure she's safe. But yeah, I, I don't buy it. So we learned that the, ca- the council or chapter of wizards is also <laughs> looking for her. This could maybe have something to do with her being a source. I don't know that any of the political stuff would interest the council of wizards. But how would they know about that, about the whole source thing? And... Then that makes me wonder, did Triss spill the beans? Because it was mentioned in Caremoren that she has this very high level of loyalty to the council or chapter of wizards. But then it's also mentioned that she's in hiding right now. They don't even know where she is. So then I think, okay, maybe not Triss, but Yennefer is now in the loop. Was she the one that let that loose? Uh, she could possibly have said something unknowingly, putting Ciri in danger that's possible. I don't think Yennefer would have any nefarious intentions when it comes to this stuff, because she does seem to be considerate of Geralt and Ciri since she rescued Dandelion and warned him to forget he's ever even heard about Ciri. So with that in mind, I really can't imagine that she is going, or that she's going to do anything that could turn this huge, um, dumpster fire of a situation into something worse. So I I don't know how they would have found out. But um, yeah, there's a lot of people that seem to have a lot of information on Siri. They want to know where she is. Seems like she's safe where she is, which is good. But it's just um, we're not really getting any answers just yet. We're just it's all kind of unfolding right now that's even happening. But we haven't gotten any insight into exactly why this is happening. But yeah, hopefully that's something we'll learn sooner rather than later because the um the questions are now starting to like pile up and then it's one of those things where and this is this is a thing with a lot of you know book series and there's a lot of TV shows that are like this where you you're left with a lot of questions and then so much time goes by and you never even get answers to those questions and then you just keep getting more questions and then you forget about what you were wondering about originally. <laughs> so hopefully it's not one of those. Like I like getting answers, I'm sure everybody does. But yeah, hopefully soon we'll get to figure some things out, because this is super mysterious. Okay, so to wrap this up, um, I think in next chapter, or next time we see Geralt, since we're in in this um, new thing where we're not really guaranteed to see the same characters in each chapter, everything's not being told through Geralt's perspective anymore, so... um, So I say next time we see Geralt. I don't know if that's going to be next chapter or not. But uh, he'll probably be finding Ryans, since Shani knows where he is. And if she is a student at the school in Oxenfurt and they're in Oxenfurt, then the chances are pretty good he's also there, which I don't know if that's a coincidence or what. But, yeah, I think Geralt's going to find him. Um, And it would really be great to figure out exactly what he wants so we can learn who he's working for. Um, Seems like he's working for Nilfgaard, but why exactly what they want with her. Um, hopefully, you yeah, know, start to resolve some of these issues that, you know, like the questions, these issues seem to just keep piling up. So Yennefer has agreed to help with Ciri. Um, so that means that we will likely see the two of them meeting soon, which is pretty exciting. I'm guessing Yennefer would go to the temple school in lander since we know she has been there before. She knows Nadege. Um, we know that from one of the Voice of Reason sections of the first book, where Neneke mentions that Yennefer had been there recently, and she was looking for signs of Geralt, and she and Yennefer had quarreled when Yennefer was last there. Um, So yeah, it seems likely that that's where they would meet, but it would be pretty cool to see those two characters interacting, and just to see how that would go. All right. I actually got through this way faster than I thought I was going to, (laughs) but yeah, that's all I have for you. So just to let you know, in case you didn't, these episodes are available on YouTube with video and Spotify and Apple podcasts with just the audio. Thank you so much for joining, and I will catch you all in the next episode. Goodbye.